Blog Talk Radio. Try again, okay? So just hold okay, on. Okay. If anyone's listening, we're having technical difficulties. Marty's about to dial in again. Hi, Cos. This is Reverend Ralph. Hey, Reverend. Um, we're having technical difficulties. I don't know if we're live yet, but Marty's dialing in again. But in okay. case we are live, we're going to entertain people. Okay. Are we going to be talking about Jenny? Are we going to be talking about Jenny uh, today? Yeah. I don't know if we want to say her, say her full name or anything, but yes. Okay, good. Okay. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Yeah, okay. okay. Hello. I, I've, guys, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on. Um, fool, I don't know what's right. going on there. I've been trying for 15 minutes to get in and then get wow. just all kinds of flack, so... Uh, are we cow. live? Uh, you're live. Yes, we are. Oh, we're live. We are live. Hello, everybody. All right. Well, yeah. Mari, let's kick it off. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This, of course, is TS Radio, and everything's being done to keep us from going on air, but we're going anyway. Um, we have a caller on here already from, let me get this, uh, 773 area code. Did you want to talk? Okay. So anyway, um, we got Cos, Reverend Ralph, and myself, and oh my goodness, sometimes the battle getting on this is just too much. Cosy, why don't you start out, and then Reverend Ralph, I hear you got some news that you want to report, and let's go from there. Well, yeah, Cos, go first. Well, I know there has been, well, first off, I want to talk about some positive things. We have learned that our guests who were on from Ohio have now been invited onto another podcast, and they also have, it looks like someone is looking into investigating some of the claims. There was something about that. But one of the things that we really wanted to talk about is just how, how amazing it is that so many of the people who come on our show are then invited on to other podcasts. We've had people who have attorneys getting a hold of them. We have, you know, the one, oh, my gosh, the one had an emergency hearing and was released out of guardianship like three days. You know, we were on Friday. By Monday, they were released. So we are just really excited and humbled to the fact of the things that are happening. I know that Marty's show is so popular that we even had a court tell her to take it down. And, you know, when you're getting the, when you're getting the attention of a courthouse and they want you taking shows and episodes down, 
you're doing something and you're doing something right and you're upsetting the people that we just, I guess, have to upset. They don't like that we're exposing all this and they're coming after us and we're just excited to hear that so many other podcasts and organizations and different people are always listening to our show and then contacting and getting the story out more and more. Marty, what do you have to say about that? It all began 14 years ago? Yeah. 14 years ago. Yes, yeah. And I still blame Sarah Harvey. It was her fault. (laughs) I interviewed her. I should have never done it. (laughs) I mean, that joke, but this is what set me off on this. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's all these years and really nothing has changed. Um, But I think this case with Britney Spears, They never anticipated the viral effect of it coming out, the circumstances she was living under. And I guess she's going to be on the Oprah show here soon. And, But, yeah, talking about what they did to her and what it was like for her. And, um, but this, this dispelled all of the naysayers of the, oh, you must have done something wrong. Well, you're lying. You must be, well, you just after the money. This dispelled all of that because here's this high-profile woman, and now we're seeing more people, Nichelle Nichols, that was uh, Lieutenant O'Hara on Star Trek, uh, the same thing with her, and she passed away, as I understand it. And, Wendy um, Williams. Wendy Williams and Wells Fargo, who's still, you don't want to get involved with Wells Fargo. We've found them in many of these cases, that Wells Fargo is involved in the, the um, seizing of trusts and assets yeah. that are lodged with their bank. And um but it, we just it's been a it's been a ride. Um I have been threatened by more law firms with they're gonna sue me, they're gonna ruin me, um, they're gonna do all kinds of things to me. I'm waiting. And um it, it just I think it's a really pitiful statement about society at large. I keep telling people these predators, they're a whole different species, and these people are predators by nature. They are predators. I tell, tell everybody, I'll keep saying it, it's like comparing the normal person and wolves. The pack of wolves, you know, you got wolves and domestic dogs. You can't pet a wolf, but you can love a dog to death. They look the same, but they aren't the same. And yeah. it's the same thing with people. They're walking among us, but there's far too many of them for it to be just an aberration. This is a whole different species that is predatory in nature. And you see these people are always glommed up in like social service, CPS, APS, guardianship, many attorneys. Um, You see these people everywhere. Yes, politics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We can't um, forget them. No. No, but they'll eat you alive, given the opportunity. But anyway, go ahead, Kazi. I'm sorry. Well, I went off you on know, a there. the other thing that we were talking about, because we're looking at getting some other platforms and things for the show, is the proof that's in the archives. So for anybody to say, oh, this is, we're just now hearing about this. Marty, what you have done, you have years and years of archives of all these things and all the different guests that have come on and told their story. This is all been, these, all these, all these episodes are archived and you can go back and you can hear them and you can know that, 
didn't just start. And this isn't just yeah. happening in the United States. You're going to hear the other countries that come that come out. And in, I don't know of any other broadcaster, Marty, than you, who has been exposing this the way it is getting exposed. And so I want to congratulate you. I've been honored to be a part of it. And and I am now told that we're – and, Marty, I haven't even told you this because I just got off the phone with her, like, about an, um, 20 minutes ago. But we now okay. are allowed to announce – we are now are allowed to announce what we will be doing in Wisconsin in October. Ah, okay. Are you good for me to blab? Yep, go ahead. Okay. Marty and I have been asked to be speakers at a convention for all the social workers in the state of Wisconsin. There will be, I'm told, about 200, they're guessing like 200 in attendance, but then also it's virtual. And not even just Wisconsin, but other states will will be watching what's going on to educate themselves. And we're going to have our panel that we're going to be a part of. And it's going to be, it's kind of like we get to be on these um, guardianship panels and so many people are not aware of the problem. And myself living in Wisconsin and being the Nazca liaison to Wisconsin, we have a few we have had a few stories here that happened in Wisconsin, but it's not the state that we're always hearing about. It's I mean nothing like Pennsylvania. And I'm just I just feel like as I'm growing old, I feel good about the state that I live in. And not, nobody's perfect. There's definitely things to be fixed. But the fact that a state that, you know, these state agencies would ask me and Marty to come and do a presentation about guardianship abuse, this, that's mind-blowing. Yep. What, what, what state agency asked for that? And so yeah. this has been in the works for, you know, many many months and we had to keep it quiet. We didn't want any glory hogs getting their nose in there and messing it, up. it looks like, yeah, yeah messing it up. Um, yeah. Where, I mean, this is, this is some serious stuff. This is the state I live in. I don't want to be having to grow old and worry about this stuff, but what is just, and that I can honestly say some of the positive things like in my journey, it was a health, a health and, um, a social worker that told me when I had told them that Harvey was on five milligrams of Halidol, it was a Wisconsin health um, social worker that said, that's called a chemical restraint. If this was the state of Wisconsin, there'd be a criminal investigation going on. And I am also working on uh, getting all this different state agencies. So actually in the state of Wisconsin, you can report if you see some of this kind of stuff going on, you can anonymously report and investigations happen because there are three legislative branches in Wisconsin. Most states have two. So there's a third one that's going to go after some of these other organizations. And I'm getting educated on it. But anyway, yeah. we will be presenting how to protect, and the, we're calling it protecting the protector. So these social workers... They're not all bad, and we're going to show them when you start to see a judge or an attorney or someone, you know, doing these behaviors, you can turn them in, and you, can, and you cannot be, you know, have repercussions brought against you. So we're going to be doing a whole presentation not only on guardianship abuse, but how we can empower these state employees to 
really be protected if they need to whistleblow. And I mean, not to get all politics, but we do have this senator who's like Mr. Whistleblower, you know, like let's protect him. And it's Senator Ron Johnson. He was a a speaker at the Whistleblower Summit. He definitely is a very um, uh, polarizing candidate. But, you know, he's here on our state, and you have to – you have to just really look at the state of Wisconsin. We had what was called the Golden Fleece Award, and it was a senator who every week would do an award of who wasted the most government money on, you know, themselves, pork, and all the spending. And so, you know, here in Wisconsin, we sometimes we just can't be putting up with this BS. And so the fact that they have invited Marty and I, we will be speakers. I hope you're going to be able to make it if Marty can't come in person we will be having you up on the on the screen and i am i'm i'm like so excited and i've been sitting on this news for a while and <laughs> marty how excited are you about this yes so I'm very cool. much so what other, no other state has like lined us up no and but i think um, with us and several other advocates out there that are true advocates and not glory hogs yeah. uh, i think what we have done is we have expose this to such an extent they can't ignore it anymore and by ignore it what i mean is like well yeah we know what's going on but and your point but they're being pushed to do something about it i think that's one of my biggest complaints in all of this um is this is happening right under the noses and with full knowledge of people in position that could do something about it and they don't and that that speaks to corruption on a level I can't even I can't even think about. And um, but to know that people are being tortured and suffering in this way, I feel better if these people who call themselves guardians and do this stuff, if they just walked in and robbed them outright, because that's what they're doing yeah. anyway, and that's the whole purpose. But have some balls, get in there and do it right face to face. Take it all in one swoop and walk away. Leave that person alone. Uh, but they just can't do it. That's part of the game. Part of the thrill is knowing yeah. you have that person. You're withholding them from their family, their friends, from anything, any kind of human touch or interaction. You do everything you can to demean and diminish them. You take their glasses, any dentures, hearing aids, anything, phones, anything from them to leave them with nothing, absolutely nothing. And when yeah. you strip a person down like that, particularly an elderly person, the damage is severe. It's severe, but these people seem to revel in it, and yeah. that's what scares me. These people are predators, just pure to the bone predators. Um, I, I, I don't know, but there's a lot cooking, um, a lot's coming out. Um, the the Britney Spears group reached out to me. They may be coming on air with her here in the next two months. So we'll see wow. how that goes. But she wants to talk, and uh, she wants to we, get it I out. Guess, came up first. Yeah, we came up first in suggestions and highly recommended. So I appreciate that. And um, but there is just so much going on. And then Paramount Studios doing a documentary on Oklahoma. We had those shows with Tanya Hathaway. She used to be a host mm-hmm. with us, and um, they're going to be a do- doing a documentary on that based on our shows. And now they're talking about doing one on guardianship. So hopefully, oh my we gosh, can get more. yeah. 
yeah. we can get more going that way. But I want to preach a little bit here again to people who many have found out firsthand and have come back and said, now I understand why when we talk about glory hogs, why to avoid yeah. these people. Um, they do so much damage. They make the rest of us look foolish. They get caught in one lie after another lie after, and they just keep, you know, I've talked about this, they keep revamping their resume. It keeps changing as they get caught in one lie after another about where they worked and who they were and what they did. And, you know, I I don't know how desperate for attention you have to be to do this. They claim uh, education that they don't have, which is quite illegal, by the way. And... um they're trading on that. And I think recently, well, in this last year, one of them um, claimed a number of employees. They don't have employees, but they gave a title to people that had signed on to their site. And I believe got one of those PPP loans, which would have been oh, massive. Yep. Considered they the number of individuals that they were claiming. Um, yep. I do know that's been turned in. wasn't me. But it was turned in, and um, but I, I just don't know because it's been a long battle. I've never been anything that took this long to get itself rectified. Never been in anything where politicians, where state level and federal level legislators, just sat there and like, well, yeah, we know. What do you want us to do? Do your job. You're supposed to protect the people in your district. And I'll say again, if you contact some politician's office and they want to know your zip code and then they tell you they can't talk to you because you're not in and it's a congressional courtesy, send them a form to sign that says, since you cannot talk to me because I'm not in your district, please make sure that that the effects of your vote do not extend to me in my district. If you can't talk to these people. If you can't correspond with them because they're not in your district, they have no business voting in a way that would affect you. So that needs to change. Um, I know that one <coughs> representative here a couple of years ago, she was just getting slammed over something. And just people just emailing, texting her. She came out. She was mad as a hornet. And she says, we're cutting off all communication because I will not be spammed. So people in your district contacting you means you're being spammed, huh? Weren't those the same people you wanted to go vote for you? And uh, But now it's spam. Imagine that. I, I don't know. It's just bizarre. Before we get too far here, let's get Reverend Ralph on um, and see what he's been up to. Reverend? There's a lot going on in Montgomery County and some good stuff, just like we were just talking about. And I know um, Reverend and I have... It's been an exciting week, hasn't it? Yes, it has. And good afternoon, listeners in nationwide and worldwide. Uh, what's interesting is that uh, I have a friend who has a loved friend in a nursing home in Reading, Pennsylvania. And he found out that two different guardians have told the staff to listen in on people's private phone conversations, the patients at this nursing home, and also to listen at the door while people are in there visiting that person, and also even through a intercom that's in people's rooms. So it seems these guardians are very, very 
concerned on what people are saying about them to the point of using the staff as spies, which I thought was very interesting to show just how destructive these guardians can be. Um, also, uh, what you were just talking about, uh, I thought the education titles Marty was talking about, yeah, fake education titles like PhDs and even fake law degrees can be easily bought on the Internet. Yeah. They have been able, for 20, 30, 40 years, they can just be bought. A, a fake PhD can be $200. A fake law degree from a made-up law school could be a couple of thousand, which includes transcripts. So people today, they oh, don't wow. check these things out. So when somebody says there are psychologists with a Ph.D., after doing 41 years of criminal investigations, I tell people, don't take their word for it. And there's a word that I used to teach in my uh, criminal investigation course is the word assume, A-S-S-U-M-E. And if you divide that word up, when you assume something, you make an ass out of you and me. And that is so yep. true these days with people just assuming that a guardian who smiles and says, oh, I like your mommy or I like your grandmommy, they are just literally a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. They're just smiling at them because they're a dollar sign and they have money yes. to get from them. Uh, now, one thing I, yeah. like, I was thinking about, uh, Marty and Cos, how about – I had an idea – what about people sending emails to my website, www.protectmyparents.us, and let's get something going of if people have a certain guardian nationwide uh, or a certain lawyer or a certain corrupt judge or a corrupt guardian or a corrupt lawyer, all three, mm -hmm. send me a uh, name and what they are and a little something about how these people uh, cheated your loved one or uh, stole their money. And let's talk about, let's name them and name their phone numbers of their offices on the air. Because I have found exposure is the weakest part of these criminals' conduct. And I think maybe once we put them on the air, their names and phone numbers, maybe people will get so mad because of what happened to them that they will call these people up and tell them what they think of how they're robbing people and uh, hurting loved ones in nursing homes and all. It's a form of intimidation, but again, it's a way of making sure these people, maybe in their own districts, other people have had these people. Or maybe they have them yeah. and they haven't been uh, you know, screwed over by them yet. Especially yeah. these fake psychologists, as I have documented in Pennsylvania, in Pennsylvania, there are no standards as to what constitutes an accurate evaluation, which is used by the court to determine if somebody's incapacitated. So in other words, for the last 40, 50 years, how many tens of thousands of victims have been sent to financial hell and nursing home hell because of these made-up evaluations that these lawyers that do legal guardianships never did their due diligence, that is, they never asked questions of these psychologists as to what is the independent proven accuracy of their evaluations that they charge thousands of dollars for. And in Pennsylvania, I'll bet at least a thousand different lawyers that do legal guardianships, I'm hoping someday they will be sued out of existence for being so yep. careless in what Ooh, they amen.
Yeah. Yep. Well, now, I know the you know, talking you... about. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and Marty, you probably remember this. This was several years ago, and we actually did have a successful phone campaign. And you're absolutely right, Reverend. Maybe it's time that we bring it back. Marty, do you remember the Free Doris movement? And it was, yes. she was in Texas. And we all yes. called the judge. And it was, and I, I even got my friends. I remember posting it on Facebook. I was at work. I had baristas, hey, do me a favor. You know, will you call? And I told him, you know, this, I told him the quick story of Doris. And everyone was calling. People all over the country were calling this judge and saying, free Doris. Do you remember this? Do you remember yes. how did that story That's end? I think old. that judge yeah, did not held. appreciate it, did he? No. What happened? No. I, well, she eventually got out, and he resigned from the bench. And he's not really a rogue, rogue judge, as we know. This is a, um, it's a fraud. Hearing examiner, yeah. He's a hearing or ministerial clerk. Some states call them magistrates, and they claim they have judicial powers. But when you look at the background on them, they do not. They only have what the state gives them and, you know, the authority to do this and that, which may come close to having a bar union dues card, but not quite. And, uh, but all of these things are being done to people in violation of the Constitution, their rights. Um, this, this is law-breaking by the government. And now recently they just came out and said that guardians, because so many of them were getting sued and charges being pressed against them, because they're an officer of the court, they have immunity. No, I don't think so. No, no. And um, yeah. But see, this is this protection racket running. Uh, this whole thing was set up by the bar associations, and it happened across the country at exactly the same time. They split these cases away from civil and criminal court, set up the tribunal, and this was done intentionally to do exactly what they're doing, which is robbing estates and causing the early demise of elderly people. And I still go back to Marsha looking up at all that stuff about the selling of body parts. Oh, yeah. It, it just, it, this in itself makes me sick, but the idea that they, you know, kidnap somebody for the express pur- pur- purpose of robbing them, and then even in death have found a way to rob them one more time. And so now, I have a que- now Marty, I have a question, and I wonder what you think of this. So as, as these guardians are supposed to get all this immunity because they're doing, you know, the protection of the states and stuff, uh-huh, I think to, yeah. like, the, the police officers, and I think of, you know, the most famous one is the George Floyd situation, Right. All those police officers, they they were not immune. They they are they were tried and went to jail. So I want to yes. know what's different. Why was the police officer jailed, but the guardian is safe? Do you well, I can tell you that... why. Because what he did yeah. was right out in Chauvin, Eric Chauvin, Derek Chauvin, right out in public yeah. in front of everybody, and and you could tell he was enjoying casually yeah. what he was doing. And here's this man basically pleading for his life. Yeah, and, and someone videotaped it. All the standard, yeah, the standard excuses. Uh, well, he had he was foaming in the mouth, and and it looked like fentanyl. How in the hell would you know? And um, but it, this, they even the two officers that were with, were with him, and they were both rookies. 
were charged and put in prison, yeah. and one just got sentenced because they stood by while he did this. But on the other side of that, as rookies, if they'd interfered with him, all hell would have broke loose. So they were caught either way. But um, they didn't dare go up against him. And uh, but that was that was the reason this went on because this happened publicly. It was one of the most callous, coldest things I have ever seen. And this man totally oblivious that he was in effect murdering the man he had pinned down. And um, he thought you could tell he thought he was going to get away with it. Yeah. But what's the difference between him and like a guardian that is because that they're more secret? He did it out in the public. People saw it. You can't hide it at that point. Right. You cannot hide it. Um, This is how brutal this is. Grotesque this is. And they couldn't sweep it under the rug this time. They couldn't whitewash it, make it go away. Um, They couldn't slap him on the wrist and give him a paid suspension. This was outright murder. Everyone knew. And everybody knew. So that's all we really need is is really everyone needs to know. That, I mean, what's the difference between the guardians? Yeah, I, in my this opinion, they're the, they're they're the same, and they're enjoying it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. This See, is, it takes that. This is Reverend Ralph. Oh, I'm Go sorry. ahead. <laughs> uh, two comments on what you've been talking about. One of the ways uh, they go after cops is not through the normal process. Uh, of prosecuting them because they do have certain immunity. But one of the things they usually go after if the cops have done something wrong criminally is uh, charging them with civil rights violations. That supersedes everything. And the other thing is uh, body cameras, which, you know, they're just coming more and more in the last 15, 20 years. Uh, Again, originally the body cameras were to – protect the public, you know, or to be for the public right. to be able to prove what was actually done. And it works both ways. Yeah, it helps the cops prove that they did not do something, but I've talked to too many yes. police departments who say uh, that they don't like them because it will prove what they did, number one. Yeah. And the legal question would be asked is, do cops have a right to look at the video camera uh, recordings before they write up their reports. So in other words, a cop may write down in his report of an incident of what he thought or remembered happening, but then with a body camera, if he doesn't see it until later, now his report is on record, and it might show that he was not telling the truth or he didn't remember or he did something that he didn't think he did. So it's basically yeah. works it's like a two-headed, you know, knife that uh, right. it can go, it can cut both ways. Also, before I yeah. forget, when I was talking about exposing these people, um, one of the things I had mentioned uh, earlier uh, weeks ago is uh, instead of hiring a, or spending a couple of hundred bucks on a lawyer right away, uh, maybe it might be a good idea for some people to hire a private investigator to find out the home addresses of these guardians and these lawyers and so forth, and that way send out letters to their neighbors telling them what they have done. And again, it's all about intimidation. It's all about exposure. And this has been working quite effectively 
recently or years ago with the um, Sarah Sanders when she was uh, press uh, press re- uh, press person yeah. for I think it was Trump or something where yeah. they would go people would go into restaurants and harass her and her family and all eating lunch or dinner and also just recently with the Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh where uh, people would go went to his house to protest and so forth because of his vote on abortion. So, again, it does work uh, showing yeah. up in people's faces, sending letters out to people's neighbors, telling them what these people are and what they have done to somebody. It does get results. And I know for a fact certain guardians, when they are exposed, they will quit. Yeah. So, again, exposure yes. and intimidation is basically your best weapons if you're dealing with a corrupt guardian or a corrupt uh, you know, lawyer or something where uh, these people are just thinking they have protection of the court. Well, yeah, and the thing is they, the court, when that happens, does not want to be associated. They don't want you linking that guardian to that earring examiner and that particular probate. But, of course, that doesn't work. But that's the that's the weak spot there. Um, <laughs> I, I just... You know, and I I hate to keep harping on COVID, but I believe COVID is actually the cover story for the use of a directed energy weapon that they're testing out. They're already using this openly in Australia. This is these weapons are owned by many companies plus the military, CIA. So there is no regulation on them whatsoever, and so they can do whatever they want. But I think this was a whole cover job, is what I think. And but the the intent to rid the country of as many of the elderly as possible, and this we saw globally. It was the elderly that were being taken out in vast numbers. And but to get rid of us, I also noticed they said like obese people. Uh, I didn't see much about obese obese people, but uh, people who were disabled also seemed to succumb to this. And. Mm-hmm. All I know is something's going. I know they want rid of us. Republicans are talking about getting rid of Social Security, and uh, I don't know what they think. If you refund all the money I paid into it over a lifetime of work, and because I worked steady there for 50 years, more actually, why then give me my money back? All that money you took from me, give it back with interest, and you can go ahead and cut Social Security. But um, they're not going to do that. Marty, uh, but it's going to be is, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, again, go ahead, Ralph. It's hard to try to pick a spot to jump in. Um, you know, what you were just talking about uh, the direct energy weapons. So that's very, very true. Uh, it started yeah. down in Cuba, where these uh, yeah. diplomats and all were getting these extreme headaches, and it has spread worldwide. Where different uh, embassies and all are experiencing these type of headaches and so mm-hmm. forth. And they don't know where it's coming from. And it's, this yeah. is what basically they're coming to the conclusion of, that it is literally a weapon of some type where it's like yes. in a microwave, with a microwave oven, you can cook things uh, from yeah. the inside out. And it's the same yes. thing. Well, exactly. And that's what 5G is. is 5G facilitates this weapon. 5G isn't so that YouTube downloads faster on your phone. Believe me, that's... You had more power at 2G for your phone than you could ever conceivably need. Uh, 5G is a weapon. Now they're talking about 6G. But um, 
It is a retrofitted military weapon, just like the smart meter on your house. <clears throat> and what the EMF radiation, I have a niece who is suffering severely from this. And there are several markers of what it does. Now, see if this doesn't sound familiar. Is it seriously compromises your respiratory system? Sound like COVID? It seriously drives your histamine level off the charts. Your body treats it like it would any allergen. Swelling in the legs, most particularly the right, but no blood clots. The blood clots don't appear until after you get the vaccine that isn't a vaccine. But the elderly are very vulnerable to this stuff. There's several other things. Uh, The onset suddenly of panic attacks, tremors in the hands, um, a feeling of nausea for no apparent reason. There are several, and it, but it goes right down the line what supposedly is COVID. But like I say, um, when I was at the emergency room because I couldn't breathe, uh, they started and I told them not to bother me. Don't, don't bother me about this COVID hoax. And they got mad. And I have chronic bronchitis and chronic asthma. Had them all my life. But now it's COVID asthma and COVID bronchitis. And I said, so if I stub my toe and break it, do I have COVID toe? And they got really mad. And, um, but, yeah, everything is being relabeled. It's, it's flu, colds, everything. Trying to get those numbers up. The fact is it isn't there. They've never identified any virus, isolated any virus. So they've come out and said, well, we did gene sequencing, and we think this is what it looks like. I don't give a damn what you think. What do you know for a fact? So they come out with a vaccine, which normally takes four to 12 years to develop. Came out with one in about six months. I'm scared now. But what this gene therapy shot does, it has a magnetic protein in it, and it makes your body the perfect receptor, the perfect antenna to receive an EMF charge. Think about that. Um, They found putting these 5G towers close, particularly to elementary schools, that the children would end up, many of the children would get brain tumors and cancers, and the teachers would too. So they decided maybe they'd better move them further away, you think? And But this is, we are targeted as elderly people. We are targeted. We are no longer taxable in most cases. We are here to collect on our Social Security that we invested in over a lifetime so that we would have that. It was an insurance policy to keep us out of poverty. Although if you've ever had to try to live on Social Security, you know that was a vacant wish. But anyway, they they used that money for anything and everything, wars, all kinds of stuff. Worthless IOUs at the U.S. Treasury for the money they owed Social Security, which was just topping $3 trillion here last year. They're still taking money. And the point is they never had any intentions of paying that money back and, in fact, can't without going to taxpayers to get the money. And they don't want to do that. How are they going to hide that in funding? But this is what they're after. Um, you know, one of the things that was said to me this afternoon in a conversation about the difference between Democrats and Republicans. Republicans, especially if they're of the religious kind, are absolutely some of the meanest, cruelest, most cold-hearted people you'll ever meet. They're very judgmental. Um And nobody should be here but them. We were talking most specifically about abortion. 
And right to life means from birth to death. But with them, it's that baby being born. The only thing a Republican hates worse than an aborted baby is a kid on welfare. And so you can't have it both ways. But my point is this. You listen to these people on the left. You have these looney tunes that talk all kinds of things. But the fact of the matter is <clears throat> these people are all part and parcel of the same thing. Uh, the accurate description I've seen for years is two wings of the same bird. In other words, it's one focus, but you have two factions fighting over it. And when you they start talking social, oh, that's socialism. Oh, that's communism. That's socialism. Yeah, well, you're sitting dead in the middle of fascism. How do you like that? And any time you get an ism going, fascism, communism, socialism, whatever ism it is, all they are telling you is which group of elites will be in control of everything if they win out. That's all they're telling you. And it's whether like you live in socialism, communism, yeah, it's like Go a ahead. glory hog war. It's like war of the yes. glory hog. Yes, <laughs> war of the glory hog. Yes, yep, yep. And uh, they just spent what another three trillion dollars. We're already thirty trillion in debt as a country. At two trillion, the debt was unrepayable. At three trillion, we could no longer meet the service debt on it, the interest and uh, administrative fees and all that. We are, in effect, bankrupt. And personally, I think the federal government needs to go into receivership and get other people in there that aren't subject to this party line crap and try to get us back on track. We are sunk. But in all of this, the way many of them have seen a way out is to rid the country of the elderly because up, at, up till 10 years ago, the elderly – this is people 60 and over in this country – owned 62% of all the real wealth. And I want you to think about that. That's land and assets of all kinds. Ten years down the road, that has dropped down to 33%. That's how many of them have been robbed and cleaned out of everything that they owned. And it's been done by these predators with the full blessing of the state. So think about that. Yeah, I'm sorry, I had to cough there. And um, <laughs> but yes, but this is what I'm saying. This is going on, and I've seen it recently that they claim that there is currently about two and a half to three billion under guardianship control in the country right now. That is a terrifying number. How many people that absolute actually represents? I don't know, but you can bet those people's lives are short live they're going to be cut short as soon as the last dime is drained from that estate and they can't get anything else out of it and the house and any other assets have been sold off that person is going to serendipitously expire it's just going to happen suddenly for no reason and they're gone we can't get anything else from you you have no need to be here and this is you know this is a frightening thing. You know, you hear about things like this and you think, well, this might happen over in Germany or, you know, some other country like Korea. They might be doing that stuff. But here in the U.S., and the first part, worst part of that is we are setting the example for everyone else. They're following in our footsteps. But you look at Australia. Their system over there is even more grotesque than our own. 
but they modeled it on what we did. And we got Adult Protective Services when they, in 1984, I believe they created CPS, and it very quickly became such a profitable enterprise. And I mean, all you had to do was snatch and sell kids. You know, you didn't have to have any proof. You just snatch them and put them in foster care or adopt them out, and we get money. Imagine that. And it became so profitable that APS was set up five years later, and it runs on the same model, snatch and steal. And um, we see people put into guardianship for no other reason than they have assets that somebody else has decided they want. And, and to see the, the family torn apart. Is, go ahead. Yeah, is like ahead, you look at, you know, well, the proof of that, the thing that I always paid attention to is like we have a homeless problem, you know, in different parts of the country. And yet these guardians, they don't seem to care to take care of the homeless of all the homeless population. And if your job was truly to help people, that's the population mm-hmm. that you should be helping. But if you notice, well, no one's there to yeah. help them and put them in guardianship. What you see coming out is California up in the Sacramento area, large homeless population. They're talking about, and people said, oh, isn't this wonderful? I said, no, it isn't. This is a trap. They're gonna. They're thinking about putting them all under conservatorship. Well, that means they take care of. No, it doesn't. It means they'll leave them right in the street. They'll sign them up for Social Security or disability or something else. They'll make themselves be assigned the assigned payee on their benefits, and those people won't get anything. But somebody's going to be going to the bank, going ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah, exactly. And I said, when they talk about conserving people who are homeless, this is what they're talking about. They figured out a system on how to make money off of them. They're not going to help them. They're not going to do anything for them except collect that check. That's it. Marty. That's all. Marty. Hi, this is Reverend Ralph. Uh, Yes, I agree with you, and you were talking about, or Cos was bringing up about the churches. You know, we wouldn't have to worry about the homeless uh, getting fed or a place to live. Look at all the churches and the synagogues around the country why are, if they really believe in the preaching of their religion about helping their fellow man, if they replace those pews with simply folding chairs, the churches are only used for a couple hours on Sunday. They could fold yeah. up those chairs, bring out cots and blankets and all. You'd have community members uh, mix, uh, fixing them dinners and lunches for their children and all. We wouldn't have any of these homeless on the streets. So what's going oh, on with uh, Los Angeles and Frisco and all? They can't do that. Churches can't do that because their insurance won't won't cover it. They can't do that. I have contacted over these 14 years so many churches of all stripes and said a member of your congregation, your parish, is caught in this trap and they need your support. Can you please step in here and help? Oh, we can't do that. That's political. No, that isn't political. That's humanitarian. Can you support? They've supported you. all Well, I know, but... That's political, and we'd lose our tax-exempt status. Well, that's all that's important, isn't it? Um, They won't get involved. They won't help anybody. Um, What's that guy's name? Um, I can't think of his name right offhand. Uh, Olstein, Joel Olstein. Oh, yeah. He owns that compact center, yeah. And he opened it up um, to, what was it, some big hurricane or something. It wasn't Katrina but something else and let people stay in there. 
and they said later that they absolutely destroyed the place, that there was not enough bathroom facilities, and they defecated and peed on the floors, tore stuff up. I, you, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, it's um, – we're, we're in a quandary here. I don't know which way to go, and I want to help these people. We have a massive homeless population in this country. Los Angeles, 59,000 homeless dead in the middle of Los Angeles. I mean, think about that. 59,000 people without a place to live and inefficient food supplies. And yet this supposed pandemic didn't sweep through there and wipe them out. Now, you'd think they'd have been most vulnerable. That's but what these I are people that are, Yeah, they're, they're lining up for um, this conservatorship. There's money to be made there. And this is mm-hmm. what they're going to do to those people. And uh, they'll get them conserved, and then they'll just simply take the funding that comes with that. But they're not going to help those people. It's not like they're going to find them housing or anything else. Uh, if they get extra funding for putting somebody in a mental institution, you can imagine they'll all be crazy. When I was first in this, one of the things that struck me was every case that I looked at, the elderly person had been determined to be bipolar, every one of them without exception. And I brought this up on air several times. I just can't see how this many elderly people could be bipolar. Everybody's bipolar. And, of course, it's a, it's, it's a, a disease that does not exist. Uh, they've proven recently that this theory of chemical imbalance in the brain ain't true. And, but you knew there was something hokey. We had that other case cause where it slipped into the documents I got was a letter from the psychiatrist that said, based on what I was told, never saw the victim, this person uh, is bipolar. And if this doesn't work, let me know and I'll write you up something else. Oh, my God. Well, that must have been quite an examination. And I wonder uh, what oh, they wait, what's it done? Yeah. Yeah. But see, all of these people work with the court. They have their hand-picked psychiatrist that will go along with anything they want. Mm-hmm. Doctors, same way. Uh, they get rid of your doctor, your attorney, uh, anybody yep. that's worked with you, familiar with you, they get rid of them immediately and assign you these members, these court officers, their their doctors and their attorneys and their psychiatrists. And it's just it's just a mill. They just run them through. They just run them mm-hmm. through. And you don't and stand you, a chance first, to become us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm you don't you don't recognize that it's a scam. I mean, who would have thought? I can still remember when, you know, and I'm sure Reverend Ralph knows people that went through this. When it first happens, you don't realize, like, it's just a well-oiled machine. Yes. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is the person who the court helps out, the court, you know. Yeah, but you know, we've had a lot of doom and gloom talk here, and Reverend Ralph actually has something positive to tell us. Okay, Fasten shoot, your Reverend. Belts, everybody. Something positive <laughs> happened in, drumroll, Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. Take it away, <laughs> Reverend. Good afternoon. Yes, uh, a lady, uh, her whole family has been trying to get her mother out of guardianship. And the guardian of that mother, uh, of both uh, person and estate, is a guardian by the name of Doshi, D-O-S-C-H-E. 
And Mm -hmm. it turns out, fortunately, the whole family was behind trying to get their mother out of guardianship and take control of her again. And the story, I'm not too uh, firm on the details of how the uh, the mother got into guardianship, but it was a very dirty, dirty deal. I believe it was... I believe it was um, Adult Protective Services did it. Okay. Uh, So uh, the hearing was last week, and the uh, trial judge, Murphy, Lois Murphy in Montgomery County Court. uh, Who's usually corrupt. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to say that, but okay. I said Uh, it. (laughs) Okay, good. I said it for everyone. I was there uh, for about... And half an hour or so before the judge said that everybody and there there were Jenny had about twenty five people there in her behalf, friends of the family and family members all and it was really beautiful to see how one person had so much support in court, and she had never yeah. been in court before testifying and so when the people were asked, are they going to testify uh or not, the people that were not going to testify had to go out in the hallway. So, uh, and I was one of them, I had to go out in the hallway, but I got to talk to the family members and so forth, the friends. But the, now, uh, I got the judge, on the Zoom call. They, yeah, they I, messed know, up I heard and, your name. I, I was yeah, I couldn't believe back, I like, got through. Yeah. I couldn't see your picture, I was in the back. But uh, the, Murphy at one point asked Doshi, who was up on the uh, chair at the time, the witness chair, he, she asked Doshi, how many people do you have under your uh, guardianship? How many people do you have under your control, clients? And Doshi said 71. And I am well, a chair. Now, again, I've heard in, uh, reports around the country where they've had 300, 400 people under just one guardian. But this Doshi, yeah. it's like I like to see a woman have 70 children and see if how well she can take care of them or a man. Yeah. It's impossible. Reverend? And, yes. Reverend? Mary yes. Rowan up in Michigan. 1,700 wards. Son of a bitch. Uh, yeah. that, that's, that's criminal. I mean, that, well, come on. What are we talking about? Criminal. Of course, if you have one person under your control and you're not dealing with them and not taking care of them, that's elder well, abuse, pure and simple. Just yep. one let alone 71, and luckily the judge um, did grant the family custody, a person, guardian of the person. And I was talking to the family members afterwards, and they said, you know, in time, you know, in the near future, they're going to go for a financial guardianship also. But I was so pleased. I mean, it's amazing that when you see somebody get a victory you just feel yeah. so excited and for that person oh my gosh yeah and i'm getting i, I just so, got a message here so that says so as long as i don't have any assets i'm safe right wrong nope it's, wrong. it's like mary rowan that we're talked about there are guardians out there who do business by volume and yep. every one of those clients she's collecting their social security any army or navy you know military uh, retirement pay, any railroad pay, whatever they were, she's made herself the assigned payee on every bit of it, and she collects that money. And Marty, <laughs> so no, uh, yes, uh, Marty. Well, you know, a person doesn't even have to be a guardian. Uh, people in the uh, low-income uh, center center city areas of every state, uh, some a, 
person can have a, a house and they can rent out every room to a person and take right. their social security checks. The people get cornflakes for dinner, and the yep. uh, person of the house, they're getting steaks and new cars and everything yeah. else. So it doesn't have to be officially a guardian to be able to steal like that. It can just be anybody with uh, the elderly taking them in. Yes. Yep. Well, and that's what she had that uh, – she has these people stashed in these residential homes that she owns, none of which have been inspected. This has all come out in court. And here two years ago, maybe three, five men in one house burned to death. And she walked away scot-free, but most of them go without heat. And up there, you know, it's cold and not enough food. She would chain the refrigerator shut at night so they couldn't get in it. And, um, yeah, it just, but that animal walks around free. And when we first started reporting on her, she had 1,300 clients and now 1,700. Morgan, and, I have uh, a question for you. I have heard yeah. where these guardians uh, take out life insurance policies on yes. these people. Uh, can you give a little bit more about that, please? Yeah. They're called dead peasant policies. Um, the military does the same thing on all of their officers. They take out what's called dead peasant policies, life insurance policies on them. If anything should happen during their term of service, uh, the service, whichever branch it is, collects. It's the same thing with guardianship. They take out life insurance on these people, and it may be expensive, but, it, but the payoff is tremendous. And um, whenever they croak, uh, as soon as the death certificate is presented, they get a big payout. Yep, that's quite common. That's why. But I'm sure they make death. the ward pay the policy. I wouldn't yeah, imagine they're paying yep. for it out of their own pocket. No, it all comes out of the estate. And um, yeah, and I think, yeah, as I said before, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Again, I apologize for interrupting, but no. it's hard to know no, when to jump go in. Go ahead. Because uh, yeah. yeah, you brought up a very good point. The fact that. These guardians aren't paying for it out of their pocket. They're taking it out no. of the victim's pockets uh, yes. as an yeah. expense, just like they're made up invoices yes. of hiring all these yeah. different people. Uh, and the fact that, to my knowledge, especially in Pennsylvania, there is no limit on how many people these guardians can hire in order right. to get kickbacks from those people. And I'm, I'm yep. telling you, it's a mafia that the mafia would love to have. And it's yeah, well, there is. Well, look at the Spears case, that Ingham, that Sam Ingham, um, he was charging her close to, I think it was 117000 a year. But then she was paying these three other attorneys he had hired as litigators. So that's a tacit admission to me that you can't handle this case. Why are you on board? But she was having to pay all of them. And, um, you know, it's just stuff like that. It's such a racket. Like you say, it's the mafia's mafia. Uh, they only wish they could have been working with the government. And, of course, we find now in history that many times they were. But anyway, it, it just – this is such a sick – and the, like I say, the most insidious part is making the victim pay for the attacks on themselves. They're yeah. being forced, they're being robbed, and to pay this person who is attacking them. That is sick. And um, – it when and when Harvey court case yeah oh go ahead when Har when go Harvey ahead. was in court when Harvey was in court and we were trying to get the guardianship terminated and move him to Wisconsin 
he was paying five attorneys, five of them were sitting in court on his, on his dime while we were paying attorneys to free him up. It was a total of eight attorneys having a payday in there. And we know that Judge Ott, who had to step down and retire early, was doing, you know, he was pre, I mean, yeah. come on. The minute he said, all right, well, you, know, you know how can, that the game, uh, yeah, I had it was going to go down. I a friend up in St. Cloud whose father passed away. And he was a uh, mildly, moderately wealthy man. But, of course, he had everything all parceled out how he wanted it to go. The day it pro- got probated, his death got probated, I was in the courtroom with her. And there were 11 attorneys lined up down the wall waiting to file into that estate. 11 of them. And, of course, she'd been hanging around me too long. And um, she absolutely <laughs> called them out on what they were doing. And she said, my father wrote his documents, how he wanted things to go, and what he wanted done, and who was to get what. And she told that, you're an examiner, and you have no right to interfere in that. And he said, what you say? She said, I said, you have no right to interfere in that. She said, who are you to question my father's wishes? She said, you're nobody. We don't know you. And his face got all red. And she said, uh, he said something about discarding the will. She said, you do that. And she said, see if I don't have you in federal court. And Eva kind of backed down. And anyway, so they deliberated. We all had to go outside. They deliberated for about 45 minutes. And when we came back in, everything went down like it was supposed to. And um, But it just, you know, it's just sick. And you know some sick, evil person had to devise if you think you really need to step in on someone's behalf, either there should be state funding available for that at a modest amount, or you pay for it out of your own pocket. And I've likened it many times to people that are going to get hung having to pay to have the rope woven that's going to hang them. Uh, yeah. Like in China where they shoot people, but they charge the family for the bullet. Um and that's basically what this is here. It's just a system of theft that has gone not only unchecked, but has expanded and gotten more grotesque as time moves on. And with all of the people out there screaming about this, uh, about their families being attacked in this way, and what's happened to videos that have appeared, pictures that have appeared of abuse and everything else, what's happened to these people, and... There's still not one senator, not one representative, not one governor, nobody from the DOJ, the FBI. Nobody will stand up and say, stop, you're not doing this. Nobody. So it's going to be up to us as the public to effect a change. And if that means mounting recall campaigns. And, of course, you know, the thing is, it's just like, um, who did I have on here recently that was running for office? And they, but anyway, they had to get 87,000. Oh, Deidre Gilbert, in order for her to be on the ballot. And she said, like, in three days, I can do that. I said, well, even if you could, that has to go to the Secretary of State. And every one of those wedding signatures has to be verified. That can take up to two to three years. So, guess who's not going to be on the ballot? And, um, 
but they create these inordinately high obstacles that you cannot possibly overcome in the time frame. And um, they say, well, you know, we gave them the chance, and they didn't know you didn't give them anything. You set up a trap, and it closed on them. And uh, it just, I, I don't know. You know, I always say that everything has to, the change will occur in the state. If you look into the feds to do anything, they're not going to. They're they're not going to. They depend on money that they're getting, you know, campaign donations and stuff, from the very people we're fighting. And every time we try to get a law passed or get one, you know, somebody's willing to sponsor, you look at OpenSecrets.org and look up that senator and representative and look at the sudden campaign contributions from bar associations and the College of Probate Judges and uh, the Guardianship Association and all of this is massive donations. And then all of a sudden the bill is, well, we can't do anything this time. Yeah, I know why. The money bags got too heavy. And um, but this is the way this goes. It just um, I I don't know. I, I say that this could be happening here. Any any conceptions I had about who we were as a country, what we were, how noble and wonderful we were, um, have long since washed away. Uh, we are a pack of wolves. And that's the way I see it. And I say everything we're doing, we have tried out in other countries on their populations first. And then they bring it home. And so when you're cheering this stuff, remember you're cheering your own demise. Uh, They're fine-tuning what they want to use against you. And they're going to bring it home when they got it done. And it just, I just don't think we can survive it Uh, as a country. I don't think we can survive much longer. When you look at who we get, like, look at the president we have now. The man is so far into dementia, it's it's not even a joke anymore. It's tragic. It's absolutely tragic. And he hasn't got a clue what planet he's even on. And they've got well, Biden number two, the stand-in, <clears throat> the body double that speaks every once in a while. And that's the person who speaks when Biden sounds like he's rational. But when they bring out the real Biden, and every president has them, two or three of them. Trump had two. Um, We called him red tie number two and red tie number three. And red tie number three was a older man, much heavier than Trump. Um, And he's the one that they paraded out and everybody said, my God, look at the weight he's gained. And they made a big deal about showing Trump on the plane, eating the taco from one of his restaurants, and he needed to go, and they were going to put him on a diet. So, no, that was red tie number three. They had to quit using him. But every life, every president's got them. And But this one we've got now, I say dementia. People say, oh, Trump, Trump this, Trump that. Trump is a lunatic. He's crazy. The man is not in his right mind. He's delusional. He's a pathological liar, a womanizer, a serial adulterer. Um, he's, somebody said, oh, he, you know, he, they said he filed bankruptcy, and he never did. No, the Trump, the man never did. But Trump, the corporation, filed eight different times and cheated all these employees out of their wages and everything else. So, you know, it's just how you read the book. But we've got to quit electing these old men. And the other thing we need to do is start vetting political candidates in our area a little more closely. 
and get a statement from them on where they stand on this stuff and hold them to it, whatever it is. <laughs> and as things stand right now, start a campaign to your local senators and representatives and call them out on this and um, get as many people as you can. But it just – I don't even know that that would be effective at this point in time because our government, both state and federal, has become so pe- separated from the people it's supposed to be serving. But if you notice how things are going, they act like we serve them. We're here yeah. to serve them and um, when actually it's the other way around. Uh, but it, we've long since strayed away from that. But I don't know. So – Reverend, what else is going on up there in your area? Well, um, one of the things I I wanted to get you and Kaz's answers on or opinions, how about if we get a lawyer from every state and the the listeners can uh, write in for the one they have or something, uh, who deals with these type of problems, you know, guardianships and all, and see what information uh, hopefully the person, the lawyer will be helpful uh, to the average person that might help them get through the situation and give them a fighting chance to protect their loved one from being, in, you know, basically indoctrinated into guardianship. What's your opinion on that? Well, here's the problem with that. We've had attorneys who have honestly tried to do a fair and honest job, and the members of their particular bar union will attack them, destroy their careers, pull their Bar union dues. No attorney has a license. You cannot license a right. Okay? And what they have is a bar union dues card. They've got to pay several hundreds of dollars, if not thousands, every year. And <clears throat> they'll pull that. And they'll say, you can't practice law anymore. Well, I don't know why you can't, but they don't. But they will destroy their career, destroy their family. They will trash them in every possible plant. False articles about them. Uh, bogus charges, all kinds of, they will absolutely destroy them for going against the rest of them. Because uh, I read here last year, and I can't remember where it was at, um, that they 60% of the income for all of the major law firms across the country, their bread and butter, 60% comes from guardianship and conservatorship. That's what keeps them running. And um, so it's it's a lucrative business for people on the inside. Of course, you can't have any integrity or character or empathy or sympathy or anything. You know, you basically have to be the walking dead. But um, that aside, you know, I guess it's a big payoff. I don't know. I couldn't do it myself. I absolutely could not do it. And um, not well, I could the lawyers, be a guardian. Yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. Go ahead. The, the lawyers. The lawyers themselves are a mafia all to themselves. I mean, they yeah. they write the law books and procedures in what I call legalese, a foreign language. So it's basically they're forcing people, the taxpayers, to support the court's salary, their employees, the courthouse, the maintenance and everything. And everything they make by the hour is pure profit. So the ta- it's, it's like they have their own private country club at the taxpayer's expense, and so you are forced – to have to hire these people to do the most simplest little things. And it's interesting the fact that um, no other business works that way. 
if you want to fix your car, you can go to a car dealership and buy the part for it or Pep Boys yep. or whatever. If you want to get uh, – if you're upset stomach or if you have a headache, you can go to Walmart or whatever and buy some aspirin right off the shelf. No problem there. The instructions are written in plain English. Uh, you know, basically anything you want to do, even if you have, uh, if you buy a product, you can go to YouTube and look at all the videos on how to set it up and so forth. So no other business except the lawyer business uh, acts like it's privileged to keep it all to themselves and forcing people to have to pay for them to handle it. Yeah, and it, it just shows Reverend, the difference. Between, yes, yes. Yeah. Years ago, when I was a much younger woman, <clears throat> I was in court, and um, the attorney I had when I got the bill, I'm looking at this thing, and besides, at the time, which was a tremendous amount of money, I paid him a five thousand dollar retainer, and then here was this bill, and he charged me for stamping envelopes and writing letters and taking phone calls and all of this other stuff, looking up the law. And so I went into his office and I said, I have a question. And I asked him this in front of a judge also. How did you intend to represent me if you didn't do these things? I paid you $5,000. I think that would have adequately covered any of the things you have listed here. How did you expect to represent me if you didn't do these things? And he said there, he says, well, this is just the way we do it. I said, that's not an adequate excuse. And it ended up, I had to pay him half the bill. I still wasn't happy. But um, it's just the idea that, you know, here you have to pay him this huge retainer fee, I guess, to retain their name. And then if they do anything at all from a phone call, like he was talking about here recently, uh, that Tosh Yamamoto out there in California had two of his staff and himself listen to my radio show. And then he paid each of them out of the estate $200 per hour for doing so. Okay. And um, so it's just – but this is the kind of ludicrous crap that goes through there. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't – how come, like, even our politicians can't look at this and see that this is a very tortured and twisted system? It's sick. It's sick at its core. And people are being not only robbed blind, but they're being killed. And yet they sit there and do nothing. And, mm-hmm. you know, years ago I've talked about what I heard was, oh, I never heard of such a thing. Well, it must be the only one out there. Well, I'm going to look into this. And now, see, you can't. It's been exposed so much. Us and so many other people have exposed so much of this. They can't deny it anymore. And now it's, oh, I'm going to look into this. Oh, this really concerns me. I'm going to look into this, and I'll get back to you. And like I've told you, people, don't sit by the phone. That call ain't coming. Why do they let it go on and, in fact, encourage it with their silence? That's What are you getting out of this, or what are you avoiding by continually, continuing to silently support it? And it is support when you refuse to act when you should. That you're... you're basically saying I support what's going on. So what's wrong with these people? And I think that this guardianship conservatorship thing should be I've got a message here that uh, how I'm making it out to be far worse than what it is. No, actually I'm not. And neither is Cause or Reverend Ralph. 
when you go into probate, which is not a court of law, <coughs> you lose your legal capacity, which is the right to your own name and identity. That's taken from you. And it's given to the guardian who now presents themselves as you. And you lose your legal agency, meaning the right to conduct your own business and contract on any level. And it doesn't apply if you're thinking of signing contracts. Yeah, except voting, yes. They always retain that because that vote is sold to bundlers who then sell it to various politicians of both parties. And that's how you get dead people voting and, you know, kind of other things. But anyway, but um, so you're wrong about that unless you've had a family member involved in it or have listened to any of these stories or read them on the net. My God, these families are reporting this left and right. You can't not know this. Yes, it is terrible. This is human trafficking. It is a form of human slavery. And like I've said, just because they haven't got them out in the field picking cotton does not mean they are any less of a slave. They are owned outright. They have no rights. They can't make any decisions on their own. They have only what they're allowed to have and nothing more, which is usually minimal, if anything at all. And they are being robbed blind. And the definition of slavery is the ownership of another human being with the intent to profit. This is slavery. It's human trafficking. And um, it just that it's allowed, been allowed to go on this long and gotten so bad and so prevalent everywhere you go. And I say the big surprise was finding out it was also happening in other countries. It's a global issue. There is a global effort afoot to reduce the population first by getting rid of the elderly. You can't tax them anymore. As Henry Kissinger said, they're useless eaters. And uh, never mind, you know, the 60, 70, 80 years of work you put in, uh, that doesn't matter. At this point, we can't get anything from you, and we're having to pay you back on your investment in Social Security, and we don't like that. We never intended to do that either. And uh, that one got away from them. But... um, it's just, it's a sick system, and it's kept in place by individuals who are equally as sick. And um, I think everyone who wants to be a guardian should have to go in for at least three months into a nursing home under the same conditions that we use for people captured in guardianship. What do you think? This is Reverend Ralph. I yeah. agree totally. Uh, give them a taste of their own medicine. Uh, yes. But again... I mean, let's face it, I was in prison for a week last year because of what uh, certain loved ones' uh, guardian and lawyer did uh, because I was revealing information about their scam. Uh, and But again, these prisoners, they know they're going to go to jail sometime, but it's part yeah. of being a criminal. So you can put these guardians in as part of a test or part of their license to do guardianship, they, you can put them in there for three months and all, but if they're a criminal, they're still looking at the big picture. All that money they're going to make without any proof that they ever earned it with uh, invoices <laughs> and hiring 5, 10, 20 people, and then each one of those kicking back money to them and all, it's not going to change. It's like lawyers. They go to college yeah. for four years. They go to law school for three years. Then after that, it's a license to steal for the next 50 years. So yeah. it's like a permit to uh, – a law license is a permit to steal. 
And that's basically, yep. again, I hate to disagree with you, Marty, but you can put them in there for three months, six months, whatever, but if a guardian is going to be a thief, it's just what the big picture holds for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That is disgusting. It is. <laughs> I don't it's know. It's a damn is, shame yeah. to do that to people. Again, if you read about a on the news, some criminal uh, stabs somebody five times or ten times for their cell phone or wallet, you think they're an animal. But if they yeah. steal somebody's money, money that would have gone to their heirs, and nobody yeah. ever thinks of that, uh, well, that's really no big deal. It's a white-collar crime. And it's like people yeah. are disgusted by blue-collar crimes, you know, the violence, the rape, robberies, yeah. burglaries. But they seem to say, oh, the guy stole a million dollars from a bank because he was an accountant. Well, that's no big deal. Well, crime is still crime, and it doesn't matter what they did to get it. They're stealing or they're robbing somebody and even doing more harm by putting them into a nursing home where they're undergoing yes. just disgusting uh, less than what animal shelters do to their, you know, to the dogs and cats. Yeah. And yet they're doing these things to people that have grandchildren they'd like to be with and a nice lifestyle that they had. They deserved it, they earned it, and they have a right to it. But these people that just think, well, I like it, so I want their car, or I want their yeah. house, or I want their possessions, because I yep. want it. Uh, that's yep. That's that's mental insanity in my book. I mean, they, to think yep. like that. But look yeah. at today with uh, worldwide uh, politicians and worldwide leaders. This is what wars are about. Look at Putin invading uh, Ukraine and now with today sending people around to get their votes to say they a part of Ukraine can go to a, you know Russia. I mean, what are yeah. these people thinking? Criminals are yeah. criminals. That's all the bottom line is. Yeah, and you know that's a thing too. I and there was that one representative here. Um, it's been in the past few months who started the conversation about getting rid of inheritance. Um, children shouldn't inherit their their parents' wealth because they didn't work for it. So th- his thought was it should all revert back to the state. Well, excuse me, if that's the way it's going to be, who's going to build any wealth? But um, this, they're already starting this uh, about, you know, seriously looking at inheritance and how unfair it is because people could suddenly have a, an advantage financially and socially that, that, that wealth provided them that they didn't have before. Well, that's kind of the position well, then you're in, Mr. Politician, isn't it? Yeah. They're going to have to get rid of the lottery then because that does yeah. the same thing. But they make too much money on that. I mean, all of a sudden yep. – you know what? They just had the, a billion-dollar lottery that yeah. was what a month ago. I mean, someone yeah. in you know immediately got wealth. Yep. You and know what about see the, the whole thing? Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, the ahead, fact Reverend. that okay, uh, a lot, there's just so many uh, things in life that people can have an advantage of somebody else. For example, if somebody does have a a million or five million dollars. They will send their children to a private school to get private tutoring, and that will help them get an edge up on other people. So it's not just giving, you know, when the person dies that they leave their money to the family members. But, again, this is what's great about America is the fact that 
people have a right to be individuals. Uh, the heck with the government. That's why we yeah. left England, to get away from the king and queen yeah. being dictators. Mm-hmm. People yep. are important. It's not the government. It's the people. And when the politicians yeah. lose sight of that, then this is what happens with revolutions. Yeah. Well, I just I don't think yeah. as a country we're going to last a whole lot longer. Not as a country we recognize. <clears throat> I just I don't much recognize it now from what I thought it was and what I thought I lived, and I just don't think we can tolerate much more. Um, I think the whole fabric of the country has been damaged to such an extent that it can't be repaired. And so they're going to try to come up with something else and sell it as a good deal, and you'll all be happy. (laughs) Yeah, right. Because then we're going to figure out another way to screw you over. And um, But it just, uh, oh, Lord, this has gone too fast. we got four minutes left here. Uh, Reverend, you got any last statements? No, I I thank you and the audience for listening, and I hope uh, we gave them some good information this week. I hope so, too. Kazi? You know, I'm just going to go back to the doom and gloom. I'm the little the little one thinking, hey, maybe, just maybe, we've been invited to speak at a social worker convention. Lois Murphy actually gave someone back their mother. I'm going to say let's focus on some of these little glimmers of hope as well. <laughs> Okay. And we will report All them right. whenever we get them. Although we don't get to report them much, let's hope that we can start more and more, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. It, it's been a battle. It has been a real battle. And um, I've seen a lot of people join in it and a lot of people fall away. And I don't fault them for that. This is this is gut-wrenching stuff. And um, when you hear it over and over, day after day, it, it, you don't become immune to it you know desensitized it's like it builds and uh i i don't know where we're gonna where we're gonna go from here but i'm just hoping everybody i know and love survives of course maybe it might be so terrible i wish they hadn't who knows but um we'll keep battling on that's all i know that's all i know and uh uh, i'm not going to give up when i fall down dead i'm done and um and then you're going to have to put up with cause. <laughs> <laughs> so there you I'll go. Carry that torch. <laughs> there you go. Um, and thank you, everybody that tuned in. We had a full house again tonight, and I appreciate that. And we will be back next week. And um, I think this was a good show because it allowed us to vet, vent, and just get a lot off our chest. Kind of refreshing, and now able to move forward. And um, so everybody, please, please, please do your best to raise your voice. Don't sit there and think, well, it's not going to make any difference if I do. It's going to make a hell of a difference if you don't. And just because something doesn't magically appear immediately doesn't mean you didn't succeed. It just means it's taken its time getting there. So everybody, stay close to each other. Kazi, Reverend Ralph, thank you for being on here with me tonight. I appreciate it. And, uh, Ralph, I think you make a good addition to the show. I truly do. And Thank um, you very much, we'll Marty. Be, Thank you. You, know, you bet. And, uh, everybody, we'll be back next Friday night. I hope you all have a great weekend because you bake your little heart out, honey. 
And absolutely. Me, I'm try to start a, yeah, I'm going to try to start a painting. So there you go. Ooh. Anyway, yeah, everybody have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you then. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. night.